Hello, welcome to episode 5 of Baller Central. Baller Central presents you daily NBA news and lots of great discussion around preview of the upcoming 2019-2020 NBA season. Baller Central brought to you by Overtime Heroics. Find them at Twitter at capital O-T-H Heroics 1 and also find them at OvertimeHeroics.com. Make sure you check out their forums at OvertimeHeroics.com slash forum slash. A great place to interact with people, get more sports news, and hear what people have to say about literally every single league you think of in the world. So today in episode five, we haven't done this yet, but I guess we need to review the NBA, the free agency, all the new pieces that are here and there across the country. We're going to look at the winners and losers of free agency, and we're obviously going to talk about the new NBA parody. Yeah, so now the NBA is in a stage that I don't think it's ever been in at least a long time for at least a decade. I would say we have NBA parody, which NBA parody, if I could define that for you guys, it's pretty much an even playing field for a lot of NBA teams, obviously not all. But for the first time in a long time, I think we could say that the league is as competitive as it's ever been with stars really spread out everywhere. There's no team exactly that has, you know, like a big three like we saw in Miami, Boston. There's no big three or four that really is like the prime like suspect of the league. Everyone's spread out. We've seen a new trend, lots of dynamic duos heading into this year, lots of Great teams that are more emphasized on adding depth to finish a 10-man rotation instead of maybe adding three superstars and not worrying about the rest of the guys. But so, yeah, with the NBA parity, I think that it's going to make the league better. We've seen already the interest over free agency. Many are calling it much better this past summer free agency, much better than any regular season in the past 10 years. I think that it might be a little overreaction, but why not agree? It's been amazing. Breaking news here and there. Looks like loyalty is not a thing in the NBA anymore. But, you know, whatever it takes for these guys, I guess, to get paid, to get into a good situation, and to really go somewhere they could win. But about the loyalty, many are really despising the NBA over how in more sports like baseball or football, the players often sign huge contracts and are really loyal to their teams and organizations. But in the NBA, it always seems like a trade is being demanded by some superstar. Or when their contract expires, they're most likely willing to leave the city. But I think that it might be a good thing. It keeps us more interested. It keeps the league flowing. It keeps the young players not... It keeps, like, young players not really so much pressure on them because now we have... Teams like the Pelicans with so many young players, but they added a couple vets and they're one all-star away from being one of the top teams in the West. Of course, there are so many teams in the West and the East that can contend to win it all. I think it's great for the fans as well. That's something the NBA is probably so happy about right now is that the fans are as excited as ever. Obviously, we still have favorites. We still have top teams in each conferences, but still we're at a point where The NBA is now more even than it's ever been, but to go along with that, it's not just even, it's more competitive and it's more, 
it's going to be more interesting game in and game out to watch how your team performs and how they play. Especially now, talk has gone up about, like we talked about in the last episode, lots of teams in both conferences that are kind of sleeper teams, teams that aren't exactly the top dogs yet, but have potential and maybe have a chance to challenge any top dog in a series in the second round or the conference finals. Teams like that, obviously, the Jazz and the Nuggets, seeming strong as ever in their history of the of their organizations. In the East, the 76ers, obviously, the Bucks, obviously, the Pacers are a big team that was brought up. The Heat added Jimmy Butler. There's a couple, the Celtics, they added Kemba Walker instead of Kyrie Irving. Hopefully that team can flow well. So the plan is for the rest of the episode to break into free agency, find some winners and losers, and hopefully see how the new NBA parity will impact the future of the league. So I think we should start off by looking at teams, in my opinion, that are big winners in free agency. Obviously, those teams, whether it be they signed superstar, they added lots of good depth to finish off their team, or they simply re-signed a lot of their players to keep their organization together, which sometimes is just as important as signing that big guy in free agency. So the first team I think we obviously have to mention are the Los Angeles Clippers. You know, they signed Kawhi, traded for Paul George. But I think what's most important is that they managed to keep Patrick Beverly, resign him, managed to resign Lou Williams, keep Harold and Jermichael Green, two guys who will be great down low, help Kawhi and PG out. So that's, I think that they are the big winners of free agency because oftentimes in the NBA we see, we see teams that go after superstars, but they kind of ditch the rest of their team because of money-wise they need to save the money for those two stars. But the Clippers being able to re-sign all of those guys to a good three- or four-year deals is huge, and that should help them in the long term as well. The next team that I think is a free agency winner, the Utah Jazz, adding Bojan Bogdanovic, trading for Mike Conley, two big assets, and then filling out that bench. They are a good team. Should be interesting how it all works out. They will be elite on the defensive end. But the main questions are, they don't exactly have a superstar like we've talked about before, but they for sure are a winner of free agency because in a market like Utah, it's hard to sign players, especially when California is right across, not too far away. So Utah, big winners of free agency, and I think everyone knows that already. So let's move on to another team in the East, the Philadelphia 76ers. I think they're also a big winner. Jimmy Butler not being able to stay there. But wow, they were able to sign and trade for a great young 3 and D kid in Josh Richardson. He's going to fit in great on that team as a spot-up shooter. Then you have a big signing, a surprising one, I would say, that I don't think anyone saw coming, Al Horford. Al Horford, as we know, a great playoff basketball player, a player with high IQ, plays lots of good defense, was the only guy who looked like might be able to even contain Giannis in the playoffs, even though it didn't end up working that well. He will take a lot of pressure off Joel Embiid like we've talked about. That team now seems to have more flow than they did last year. Should be interesting. Of course, it's going to be Ben Simmons who needs to put it all together. But at the end of the day, that team is extremely deep. They have so many great players. Tobias Harris, resigning him for a lot of money. But for a team that needs outside shooting after losing J.J. Redick, 
I think they saw it as a necessity. So resigning Tobias was really good for them. Another winner, the Golden State Warriors, in my opinion. I've been reading that many people actually have them as big losers for the free agency. But I think they were going to lose, you know, Kevin Durant, no matter how how everything went down. I think that KD to Brooklyn was already a deciding factor. So to be able to to reproduce, I guess, a sign and trade and get D'Angelo Russell on a max deal, not a max deal, but almost there, to get him on that, I think that was a huge for them. I think it's one of the most underrated moves of the offseason. The Warriors could have been left with absolutely nothing except for Steph and Clay, but to be able to add D'Angelo Russell somehow, and they pretty much only gave up a first-round pick and KD, but who was leaving already, that is huge. Then they went ahead, signed a few bench pieces, Willie Cauley-Stein, Glenn Robinson, Alec Burks, three players who haven't been too much in the NBA, but I think that the big thing is, are they going to play bench minutes for the team? Yes. Are they going to help them win games? I bet. Those are shooters from the bench. Collie Stein in the paint will do well. They also managed to re-sign Kavan Looney, so that's really good. Some Many were wondering how the money would work out with Kavan Looney, but actually Looney seemed to take a little less than I think his market value is. He took $5 million a year, which isn't too much. He probably could have gotten a little bit more outside of the Warriors, but that was good for them. And the final big winner I would bring to you is the Indiana Pacers. The Pacers, you know, also an underrated team now. Being able to sign, they lost Bogdanovich, but being able to sign Brogdon from the Bucks, I think that's a huge signing. Brogdon, 40, 50, 90 guy, 40% from three, 50% from the field overall, and 90% from the free throw. It's a rare asset at a young age of his of only 26. Looks to be heading into his prime. I think he's going to be a good player, can play some defense. He's going to be a good asset for the team, and I expect them to be really competitive in the East. They also signed a guy in Jeremy Lamb who's going to be a great spot-up shooter, maybe a six-man, might get some starting minutes here and there. But Jeremy Lamb and TJ McConnell also they signed. If they come off the bench, those are two great, great bench assets. So overall, there were a few winners of free agency, but a lot of it does come down to how it's going to all flow in the regular season, especially when teams start to put it all together and like we mentioned in the last episode coaching over all these new rosters is going to be so so important so now i think we should get into a couple of free agency losers there's not a lot of teams that exactly lost free agency but i think when we think about losing free agency it's more about who they could have gotten, the potential for their signings, and maybe who teams overpaid. But then again, nowadays in the NBA, I don't know if overpaid is even a real word because when guys who, like Chris Middleton, who just made his first all-star team, are getting max deals of five years, $190 million, once that happens, I guess you could call that overpaid. But once it happens a few times like that, then it just becomes a norm around the NBA. So the first loser is, I think, obviously many people know this, but the New York Knicks. The New York Knicks, big potential, two max spots, and then a little. Weren't able to get anybody, but they did sign a couple of good pieces, Julius Randle, Alfred Payton. But big disappointment for the Knicks, especially when you hear that they didn't even offer Kevin Durant the max deal. 
which is really surprising because, yes, he's injured. Maybe he won't ever be the same. But when you have two max spots, if you only have one max spot and you're a team that's here to win now and you really don't want to offer KD that max, okay, fine. But when you have two max spots and you need anybody at this point, why not offer one of those to KD and then you'll still have one left over for any other player you want. Another loser, I would say the Milwaukee Bucks. I think losing Brogdon and Miritich is going to be a big deal for them. They were so close last year to making it to the finals. I think that they they still end up being really competitive and really good this year, but I don't think it's going to be as good as a year for them compared to last year, which was pretty phenomenal. Of course, the MVP season from the Greek Freak. Another loser, the Charlotte Hornets. The reports are Michael Jordan didn't want to pay Kemba the max because it would have sent them over the luxury tax, but instead they ended up signing not a bad point guard, a decent one, but maybe a little overpaid in Terry Rozier, who showed a lot in Boston, but we don't know if he's a full-time starter starting caliber guard. But the Hornets, they still had a lot of money left over, and they weren't really able to sign anybody else. So big disappointments, especially when your GM is Michael Jordan, and you have pretty nice market in Charlotte, I would say. Another loser, this is a team that no one really even talked about. The Dallas Mavericks, Luka and Kristaps, they re-signed Kristaps, but they still had one max spot left. And I thought if they could get somebody with that one max spot, like a D'Angelo Russell or somebody like that, then that could be extremely interesting and Russell could come come play with that team right away. Any any guard, really, maybe if they could have gotten their hands on Kemba, that's what the reports are at one time. They would have for sure been a top five team in the West right there with Luka, Kristaps, and another Max player. But of course, they didn't get anybody. They settled for point guard DeLon Wright. So that was a little bit of disappointment. I was hoping to see a little bit more from the Mavericks, especially with that money, to play with those two great young players. And the final team. This team, not much they could really do, but the Toronto Raptors losing Kawhi and Danny Green. That's a lot of misfortune. Not much they could do because they were already capped out and they were just hoping those guys could re-sign with them. But at the end of the day, they weren't able to hold on to them. And I don't see them being that good this year. Not bad, but not that good. Not a championship team for sure. So they will likely just enjoy their one year and try to do everything to fit the scheme of their team. They still have a couple of good players. They'll have Gasol, Lowry, OG and Ayobi is a good player that they like. But overall... Not being able to add anybody and losing two starters, including the latest finals MVP, I guess that puts you at a big loss. So yeah, those are some of the free agency losers. Again, I'm sure there's more losers, more winners, but just quick that was just a quick overview of a lot of teams that either went up or went down. But at the end of the day, we don't even know who's up, who's down, because for all we know, you know, a team like the Bucks. Maybe they might be better than last year. Maybe losing Brogdon is good, more spacing for Middleton. Maybe the Raptors will actually be pretty nice, even though they lost Kawhi. And maybe teams like the Jazz or Sixers won't be as good as everyone thinks. But it should be interesting. NBA will be great to watch. More, most exciting regular season in maybe the past decade, I would have to say. Especially the opening first few weeks. Can't wait to see what the ratings are for those from the NBA on national TV. But I think it's great to be a fan, and it's time to enjoy this league. So yeah, thank you for joining me on episode 5. 
of Baller Central, of course. Talked about a lot of good free agency today. Some teams that improved, some teams that got worse. And talked about how key NBA parity is and how it's going to make the league so much better for us fans, for the teams, for the players, and for the future of the NBA, of course. So thank you for joining us today. You could find this podcast on Twitter at underscore baller underscore central. Make sure you follow me at pound the book on Twitter and Instagram. And make sure you follow Overtime Heroics on Twitter to also find this podcast there every morning, usually around 9 p.m. Central, 9 a.m. Central time. Sorry about that. But yeah, join us for episode six tomorrow. We're going to talk about a guy we have not mentioned in the first five episodes, Mr. Zion Williamson. We're going to talk about a team that we haven't really mentioned yet, too, in the Brooklyn Nets. So lots of interesting talk there. Thank you for listening. Hope you have a good one.